Hello and welcome to Tag One Team Talks, the vlog and podcast of Tag One Consulting. We're commemorating the 20th anniversary of Drupal with an interview series featuring community leaders talking about their Drupal experiences. I'm Michael Myers, the managing director of Tag One. Tag One is the number two all time contributor to Drupal. We build large scale applications for companies in every sector uh, using Drupal as well as many other technologies. We're also one of the few official providers of Drupal 7 extended support and can help you continue to run and build on Drupal 7 after it reaches end of life next year. I am really excited to have David Strauss on the show today. I could go on and on for the rest of the show about all the amazing things that David's done, uh, but I'm eager to get to the interview. So I'm just going to highlight a couple of things. Uh, David is really well known in the Drupal community. He's been a pro prolific contributor for over 15 years now uh, in, in almost every area. He is an advisory board member of the Drupal Association, a member of the Drupal.org infrastructure team. Uh, he's on the Drupal security team. He's a contributor to core and many contributed modules. Um, so he's really been uh, an amazing asset to the community. Uh, Dave is an expert in performance and scalability, databases, and all things infrastructure. He's helped amazing organizations, the Wikimedia Foundation, Internet Archive, Creative Commons, uh, as well as countless enterprises, um, deal with challenges at scale that I think few people ever get to see. Um, he is the co-founder and technical director of Four Kitchens, which is an agency that is really well known in the Drupal community. And he went on to be the co-founder and CTO of Pantheon, which everybody in the community has heard of. And we're going to talk more about those later. Um, but before we get started, uh, I just wanted to personally thank you, David, for all the help and support that you've given me over the years. And I, and I hope that this gives our listeners, you know, just a little bit of insight into your character and how amazing you are as a person. You know, I, I always think back to this one experience and you've helped me in, in many ways. Um, but back in the early days of my startup now public, we had an offsite at one of the DrupalCons, you know, a hackathon for a couple of days. And, you know, you came over, you know, on your own personal time uh, to help us out. You work magic with our servers. You know, we were working with amazing people in the community. Uh, Tag One was helping me. Uh, that's how I met them. You know, uh, CHX, you know, like top Drupalers. And you did things in hours that blew all of us away. And, and it would have taken us weeks if we could have done it. I remember you like reaching out to like the founder of Ubuntu or something. And like, I mean, it was crazy what you were doing. <laughs> and, uh, and you did it just to help us out, just to see us be successful. And uh, I am, you know, I'm forever grateful and, and, and appreciate it. And so, um, you know, I just want to thank you again for your help over the years and for, for joining me today on the show. I know you're a crazy busy guy. <laughs> thank you. Um, I still remember working on that. Um, and I still remember the scotch that you sent, uh, sent me in as a little uh, thank you for the contributions I made, the Port Ellen and the roller coaster, if I recall. Wow. Um, yeah. Well, I'm a big Isla fan and, uh, you know, Port Ellen isn't around anymore. So I'm really glad that you enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> the least I could do. Um, so just to set the stage, um, I want to talk a little bit about your uh, background and career, then we'll dive, you know, more into, you know, community contributions, your experience with, you know, the platform itself. Uh, but to kick things off, uh, you know, you've been a member of the Drupal community since 2007, uh, over 15 years now. 
how did you first discover Drupal? So uh, I was, um, it all kind of is wrapped up in um, the story of early days at Four Kitchens, where uh, we were not originally founded as a Drupal studio. Uh, we started actually, um, some of our first projects were on MediaWiki. Um, because I uh, was involved in some projects at the Wikimedia Foundation, um, especially some of their early fundraising systems. And so I just had a lot of exposure to the Wiki platform and we were working on launching a local online and at the time we were hoping to move into print publication called That Other Paper. And we built a website for it initially on MediaWiki, but we were just running into these barriers on what it could do. And, and really like looking back on it in my experience today, it was kind of a, a silly choice to, to move forward with Wiki software for publication. But eventually I got exposed to Drupal. We were a, only, I think a couple months before launching, um, maybe not even that. And I basically said like, this is so much closer to what we need. We should rebuild on this. And so we basically got heads down part of the theme work that we had done on MediaWiki over to Drupal and launched on Drupal in less than a month. And that website that we made for that other paper eventually got some exposure where uh, there was a firm up in New York, um, it, not around anymore, but um, they're called Plum, they were called Plum TV. And they, um, they stumbled on our site and realized that it was actually really demonstrative of what they wanted to. Um, so we scrambled, put together an office. I still remember us going to Ikea, picking up furniture to put in our living room because we, we, we had this client that was going to be potentially signing with us and they wanted to visit our office. <laughs> and and the, this, we didn't really have an office at that time. So we basically scrambled to make everything happen. Um, and um, that was also one of our first major clients um, that we worked on for, uh, for Drupal projects. And that just one thing led into another. Um, we did some projects that were outside of Drupal at the time too. We did some, uh, I remember one of the early blogs we did, possibly our first paying customer was um, a $200 blog project on, um, on WordPress. And by $200, I don't mean per hour or like any other measure of unit, that was the project cost. <laughs> um, so, um, uh, but we really found our, uh, our legs in the Drupal community because, um, at the time, WordPress was very focused on the blogging use case almost exclusively. And Drupal was the place where people were looking at it as anything from a content management framework to um, a, a hub for, uh, for other online interactivity. How did you meet uh, Todd? Uh, was one of your co-founders at Four Kitchen. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, you know, how, how did Four Kitchens come about? Um, we was entirely founded out of um, a satire magazine at the University of Texas at Austin, um, which is still around, a publication that originally started in 1997 called The Texas Travesty. Um, uh, Todd, Chris, uh, so it was founded by four people from The Travesty, Todd, Kristen, Aaron, and me. Um, all of us have had leadership positions at The Travesty and um, experience working together through deadlines and, um, and uh, juggling it with other um, obligations 
say academically and professionally. Uh, and so we knew we could actually spend time in a pressure cooker uh, mm -hmm. on projects and, um, and still like want to actually grab brunch on the weekend. Uh, and uh, that's, that's not true for everyone who's, who's just a friend or a professional acquaintance. So um, we, we formed that company that, oh, that started in 2016, I believe as, as founding as a company, but that was before we got really into Drupal. And I juggled that uh, with my uh, academic work for a good year or two before graduating. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of uh, Four Kitchens. We, you know, we've occasionally done some work together. The team uh, had the opportunity to hang out with Todd at various different conferences, and, and he's amazing. Um, and then the developers. I mean, I, it's it's a really well-known agency, and it, it's continued uh, to to do amazing work. Um, you went from Four Kitchens to Pantheon. Mm -hmm. uh, you've grown Pantheon from an idea into a billion-dollar company which is insane. <laughs> um, how did, how did Pantheon come about and how did you meet, you know, uh, Josh and Zach and, and the folks at chapter three, you know, you were running a competing agency. Uh, well, I, I, um, I would almost, I would almost hesitate to frame it as competing because we went for such different projects. Uh, where I don't know that we ever bid on a project competitively against chapter three here in San Francisco. And anytime we ever worked with them, it was often uh, in a collaborative fashion, either on community projects or um, in attempts to, um, to bid on other projects. Uh, so we've always had pretty good terms that way, but like, honestly, like even agencies that bid against each other in the Drupal space, I, I, there's an um, there's a sort of um, almost sibling relationship between agencies, uh, especially historically, where we would uh, we would uh, furiously you know compete with each other for projects, and then you know all all grab beers at DrupalCon. Um, the it, um, and that's not completely unique to the Drupal space. I know other industries where people have these. Um, these sort of um, respectfully competitive environments, but in any case, um, uh, there's a there's quite a story around the whole progression here, and it's uh, it's it's like one step after the other. And in, in retrospect, it's very clear how all of all of these things that seem to be leaps happened. Um, a lot of it goes back to early work I was doing with um, with folks like Narayan um, around Drupal.org, where for a long time, Drupal.org was the most um, challenging um, site that Drupal ran in terms of scale, in terms of the amount of traffic it ran, the users. This has not been the case for over 10 years, but for a while it was. And we would dive in as a community to keep Drupal.org alive. And it really was about that precarious, that like, it would come down to, okay, we need to patch this thing in core or this other implementation in order to just stop Drupal.org from going down again um, because we were, we were seeing major increases to traffic at the time um, as the community was, was growing under those circumstances. And what happened is, is that um, as an open source community, we always had that e ethos uh, in the sense that like the work we did on Drupal.org was never intended to be proprietary in any sense. Um, but that didn't change the fact that it was still proprietary in practice. Um, uh, 
there's this odd threshold around um, open source and free software where a lot of work happens privately and it, there's just there's just too much work to actually make it public. Um, that the actual process of publishing it, releasing it, sharing it with the community, packaging it, that's an enormous amount of work. Um, and um, some projects have no interest necessarily in having their work be proprietary in intent. But in absence of going through any process to release uh, work to the community, it's what happens in practice. Um, what really um, uh, convinced me that some things needed to change around this a bit in this space was that I was working on a project. Um, I, I forget what client it was for. Um, I think it might've been with some of the NBC Universal folks. Um, and back, uh, it was very common for us to share the patches that we had used on Drupal.org with customers or, or websites that needed to scale a lot. Uh, whether it was just um, some casual emails to share it with them or whether it was um, actually working as consultants on the projects. And what really um, convinced me that things needed to change was that I got an email, I think from someone at NBC Universal, that they had made an improvement to one of the patches that we had um, shared with them for their site in order to uh, have it be more flexible. I forget whether it was around database replication or page caching. Um, and it was obviously an improvement in the sense that um, it was exactly the sort of thing that I wanted to roll back into drupal.org and out to other people that had these patches. But there were two problems I saw at the time. One was um, already evident, which was that people who patched these sites often got into a bit of a tar pit around getting further updates to the site because they would struggle to, um, to integrate those patches into a newer release of Drupal, especially once the consultants had left the project and it was under maintenance. Um, but the other that really um, uh, influenced me was the idea that I didn't realize, I, I realized we didn't have a great way to, to distribute these improvements to other people who were running the same patch. Like I could send it to them, but it was really unlikely to actually get into their code uh, because um, once things were patched this way, it felt pretty brittle because it was. Um, uh, each site would run the patches specifically that they needed to get through the challenges they had faced because why would you apply more patches than you absolutely needed to? So what we ended up with was a, um, a quite literal patchwork of, of code bases. And one of, the, uh, what I, one of the early projects that I did was pull together these patches into... Um, what people have come up with various terms to refer to as like a spork or a friendly fork of Drupal, which um, uh, had, its, had its life as press flow. Um, it took Drupal five through seven primarily, mostly five and six, added support for external page caching, database replication, um, uh, and other optimizations to the way that certain things interact with the caching to prevent stampedes and um, provided this as a combined release that had the patches integrated, tested together, and uh, would release uh, in a timely fashion with upstream releases of Drupal so that once you 
were running this, you would still be in a position to get security releases and bug fixes from, from the community. It also provided a, a vector for us to share improved patches for some of this work, where if we made the database replication a little more flexible and we knew it was strictly an improvement, we could actually get that out to people in the next press flow, press flow release. Um, so um, that was amazing at opening the door to the idea of people could get their hands on these improvements without having to basically um, personally know someone on the Drupal.org uh, infrastructure team. But like this, this was around the era that cloud was starting to get its legs. And, and every chapter of this story is, is one of getting these advancements into more and more hands by reducing the barriers to entry. Um, because here we have um, this um, modified version of Drupal that has great support for doing things like throwing squid or varnish in front for page caching, throwing a database replicas behind it, using um, making better use of things like say memcache. But now we're getting um, feedback from people um, that, oh, I've installed Presslow. I'm not seeing a big performance up, uh, improvement just from installing it. And then we have to explain it's not that it actually directly provides the performance bump, it's that it supports all this other technology you can implement and integrate it with um, for your uh, for your $100,000 Drupal project <laughs> that you're clearly working on, right? <laughs> uh, and, and so, and then of course we get a response back. It's like, well, I mean, this is on a, a virtual machine somewhere or um, we don't have the time or the expertise to set up these things. Um, can you provide me some pointers on that? Um, so Josh comes along, one of um, Pantheon's co-founders now, uh, and sets up this project called um, called Project Mercury, um, which is designed to just like ratchet that barrier to entry down one more big step. This is creating Amazon, Amazon machine images, AMIs, that pull together Pressflow, Varnish, Memcache, and a well-tuned MySQL configuration. And this for the first time actually introduces something where you can take some just well-defined steps to deploy something at a reasonable cost and with, without a ton of complexity and actually start to get it, take advantage of these traffic scaling capabilities from things like caching the pages in something like Varnish. Um, and that was what started really unlocking the door to a lot of people who were capable of, uh, were, were in a position to deploy these machine images, um, but not necessarily in a position to, um, to deploy a clustered infrastructure, um, say, at, at some provider like Rackspace or Savas at the time. Um, and then, of course, each step of the way, it's just a story of like getting barriers to entry closed. So, we get these machine images out there. And now Josh is like talking to me about, okay, we have these machine images out there and we're having the exact same problem we had with the patches from, from uh, drupal.org, which is, okay, now we make some improvements to these configurations. Like we have a better VCL file for, for Varnish now. How do we get that out to people? Okay, so now we need to bring all these things under management. Uh, so I come back into the project. I had been doing work on the side um, with this um, supercomputing management um, system called bconfig2, like BCFG2, primarily from Argonne National Labs. I, I don't think the project is maintained anymore, but it was it was basically one of the next generation management systems that was designed to um, be way more modern than something like CF Engine, but um, 
has been supplanted in terms of philosophy now by tools like say chef and then further supplanted by uh by more um declarative infrastructure style systems like terraform um but at the time like there was still a question of how do you manage fleets of machines with management agents and uh and focus uh efforts efficiently on that. So we pulled all these machines into bconfig2. Um, it also had a nice model where they could own the machine and they could basically subscribe to the way the configuration worked and have it apply. So now these machines are under management. We can actually get changes not only to press flow and these patches out to people, but even the configuration around it, which is really awesome because now we can make changes to, to core and the supportive, supportive changes to something like Varnish. And then this, now we're like at DrupalCon 2010 in San Francisco. And I'm hanging out with, um, I think some of the chapter three people at their booth, they're showing off some of the Project Mercury stuff. And now we're getting, now we're getting like pings from people in the community of, that's awesome that you've released this as a machine image. How could I just swipe a credit card to get this? <laughs> um, so this is this is actually a story of like somewhat getting to product market fit well before even um, having like done anything official for like Pantheon to have even its name um, because we realized there was this, there there was this gap there um, and it it was becoming clear at that point that like the mission around things like Pressflow and Project Mercury was starting to exceed the um, the resources of what could be done on the side at agencies, um, say as supplemental effort to existing projects or as time we'd carve out on the side. Because like, as anyone who runs an agency knows, like the, uh, the cash flow even month to month can be really tight. Uh, um, and it, it means that like you don't necessarily just have the leeway to do massive community contributions. I mean, tag one, I mean, it's particularly impressive, like how much has been carved out to actually contribute back to the community, given um, the agency structure. Like it's it's just I know how challenging that is. Uh, so um, that became more and more clear. And then that's actually what we built as the very, very first version of, of something that people could try out with Pantheon. And it's it's not, it doesn't actually share infrastructure design with the current Pantheon platform because like spawning a virtual machine per website has scaling issues both upwards and downwards. Um, but it, it's what allowed us to, um, to show the product market fit around that um, and that has um, propelled us to continue to be involved in a lot of the Drupal world, largely around these infrastructure questions, um, around how do you manage Drupal sites? How do you keep them um, updated? How do you build them out? How do you configure them? So if you look at, say, a lot of our contributions, we, we have an interesting balance because like a lot of our contributions are, say, 10% on the Drupal side and 90% on the infrastructure side where okay, if we do a little bit of tweaking on Drupal here, then it can work with these changes here in PHP's engine or um, or these caching approaches or this other infrastructure that we work on. Yeah, you guys have been amazing about contributing to a lot of other projects and the interaction of these things with Drupal benefits Drupal as well as these communities. It's it's so cool to hear that that you know, you said like looking back, it's a clear logical progression of how things came together. 
um, you know, as agencies, we really struggle with, you know, replicating these environments we create for customers. It's, you know, really, um, it, it, it really inflated the cost of projects, which made it harder to close deals. And so, um, you know, uh, platforms like Pantheon have, have really, um, made it doable and, and things like Pressflow, you know, now public use Pressflow. Like I, I know firsthand, I, I mean, how much those things led to commercial adoption of Drupal. You know, um, you know, I don't think that Drupal would be what it is today without that component, because all of these organizations require, you know, performance, scalability, replication, you know, all of these enterprise components come, you know, directly from that work. And so um, it's been, you know, unbelievably influential on the, the success of Drupal. Um, and, and this is a good segue to talk more about your uh, community experience and your other contributions. And, you know, there are, there are so many ways to contribute to Drupal and it's important to talk about, you know, the fact that it isn't just code, you know, you've contributed to documentation, you work on the security team, you've put on some amazing events, uh, you know, talked at countless events. Um, do you remember like one of your earliest contributions or even your first contribution and, and how you got started on your contribution journey? Uh, and, and what do you recall about that experience? Like, I remember it used to be pretty difficult <laughs> to, to contribute. It, um, it was both harder and easier to contribute. Um, it was harder to contribute in the sense that it was literally CVS at the time for, for version control when I first started at Drupal. Um, Drupal was the only project I was using that, that used CVS. I had uh, almost every other project I was on use something like, say, Subversion or even other um, uh, distributed tools that were still um, in, like, the competitive space before Git solidified, um, uh, like, consolidated um, a lot of uh, popularity in that space. The um, I struggle to know what my very first contribution was because I think my I think my earliest contributions, at least most substantial, were still on the infrastructure side for Drupal. Like I was, uh, I mean, I remember setting up the conference room where we took over the boardroom at um, uh, one laptop per child in in Cambridge to to upgrade Drupal.org from uh, was it was either five to six or six to seven. Um, I think it might have been from five to six at that time. Um, this was back when almost every heavy lift by the community was basically, let's let's do a barn raising exercise. Uh, I, I, it's hard for me to characterize it any other way because it was basically that we're all going to come together intensely for a week and just push it over this threshold. Um, uh, the um, and it was always those infrastructure changes that that drove me into these other contributions. Like I definitely, I, I remember working on some of the earliest um, VCL that was shared uh, among the community. Um, like I think that to some degree, almost all of the, the VCL um, that people pick up at least to throw onto Varnish um, to use with Drupal at this point, probably trace their lineage back to some of the stuff that um, I worked on with some of the people like Narayan at the time. Um, just to um, to get it through the door because it was 
it required such a narrow, narrowly available set of skills in the sense of someone who understands how Drupal thinks about caching and session management, but also someone who's familiar with, say, how the HTTP state machine for proxying thinks and how Varnish thinks about caching and logic. So it um, it was pretty rarefied there to, to actually get those contributions in. And then the most substantial ones that I can think of um, still relate to like management of Drupal, where like I, I, um, I spent a lot of time as um, one of the technical uh, or architectural leads on the initial configuration management initiative that went into Drupal 7 uh, on some of the stuff we did for field API and entity API especially um, managing configuration of that and schema around that. Um, the, uh, and I would say a lot of what I've contributed is not even just through code itself specifically to core, but through the conceptual idea that um, almost none of the code in Pressflow actually directly got merged into Drupal. The influence was conceptual in the sense that um, it, it showed the value of these approaches um, and lit a bit of a fire under under um, some of Drupal core to get it done, but without too much urgency in the sense that we got a chance to do it right. Um, because it was never the goal in Pressflow of, of building solutions that would work for everyone. Um, it was the goal was to um, to unlock the latest performance and scalability technology. And then we would revisit those questions in ways that would be much more compatible for the long tail as things went into Drupal core. And many of those concepts became supported as part of Drupal 7, um, like the external page caching. I mean, it's, it's hard to think about now, but like Drupal 6 out of the box does not support the idea of actually externally caching pages because it starts a session every single time you make a request if you don't already have a session. The uh, like it's it would be inconceivable today to to think it works that way, but it but it did. And like um, I mean, we're not even that far past it. Like at the beginning of this, um, you were talk, talking about like long term support on Drupal seven, which is the first release that didn't work that way. Uh, the uh, so that that's that's always been neat. Uh, and then I, I've gone on to work on a lot of things around um, some of the security space. Like right now, like for the last few years, I've been involved in getting Drupal's auto update design in place, which is super duper challenging for Drupal because we have so many more challenges than, than WordPress uh, in this space um, because of the way that we bridge things with Composer, uh, which I, I also means we're gonna have a solution that I think is going to be kind of mind blowing too. Um, I, I, and we're doing a solution that is actually, I think going to level up much of the PHP space as, as we work with projects like Typo3 and Joomla around uh, some of these capabilities. I, um, I remember when I first looked at, at Drupal, I, I, it was, you know, before four or five or around that. And I remember like looking at the number of database queries, looking at the session, you know, session management and sitting there, like, I think it was Boris Mann who ultimately convinced me to adopt Drupal. And I was just like, how does this work? <laughs> like, I don't understand how this could possibly work and not like fall over. Uh, and it and it, it worked really well and it got better. And, you know, I, I've talked to a, a lot of people in this 20 years of Drupal series, which has been so much fun, uh, but you're the first person to bring up, you know, these unsung heroes, these 
unseen contributions and you know the critical influence that the you know that these things like the infrastructure have had you know the the ideas and how they've shaped and formed a lot of what's happened in Drupal and you know uh, it, it's really great to hear about that because, you know, there are folks like Narayan Newton, who you mentioned, who, you know, a lot of people in the community probably don't know Narayan and, and he might like that. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, he, he, but, you know, it, it, there are so many people that, you know, that don't get an issue credit on Drupal.org, you know, that are making amazing contributions. And again, not just in code that, you know, we, we should recognize and, and value for, you know, for what it is. Um, so you've made, you know, you, you've talked about so many uh, awesome areas that have had such a major impact is there, you know, one that stands out as something that you are like, that just swells you with pride where you're like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like it was so cool to do that. Or, you know, you know, you talked about helping the DA with these barn raising events. Like, you know, is there something that really is, is particularly special? Um, let's see. I, I mean, there are definitely some like funny stories of solutions that I didn't expect would ever be still around that I worked on. <laughs> like, um, like I, I, I hammered out um, over one of the um, work sessions out in San Francisco uh, before, way before Pantheon. Um, this was like 2007, 2008, I think maybe 2009, uh, where I hammered out uh, a tool called Bakery for single sign-on across Drupal sites. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like just, it was for, it was just to, it was just to like get our, our logins like synchronized across groups.drupal.org and drupal.org and a couple other things so that we could, I mean, the, the idea at the time was let's get login consistency and single sign-on so that we can spin functionality into, <clears throat> excuse me, more subsites uh, so that we don't have a one big monolith to, to upgrade over major releases because basically all the functionality other than um, groups was all piled into drupal.org uh, in terms of everything from our public uh, homepage to all of our collaborative development tools. Um, uh, and that is still running single sign-on on Drupal.org, but there is now a project to actually replace that that I think is underway now. Um, the, uh, um, but I don't know if I would say that swells me with pride because um, if you look at the architecture of it, it was not designed to last this long. Um, it was, um, you know, one of those internet things of like rough consensus and running code. Um, I think, I think one of the things that I am actually most proud of is the influence um, that I was able to have uh, through um, drawing together the contributions from several people in the community into Frustflow, not because of its stature as a project at the time, but because um, I think that having, for me, the pride is in having conceptual ideas when not in having literal lines of code that I've written um, uh, be uh, like what is actually executing on someone's system in the sense that uh, I'm, I'm actually proud of how, um, how friendly it was able to all work out. <laughs> like, like the, um, because it, it um, there are a lot of communities and efforts like that where that creates a wedge 
uh, and the community just never really recovers from it or, or it's seen as a dark era for some um, reason, even if the community does recover from it. And um, so it was, it was an aggressive move, um, but um, I'm proud of how it all worked out in the sense that um, there's been no long-term fissure in the community over it. Uh, the, the, ultimately, um, these projects came together. I think that there's never anything as technically impressive to me as when it's possible to actually find a way for the use cases across the spectrum to all come together. Like there's a similar thing happening in uh, the Linux audio and video space right now, where like the pro audio tools have gotten consolidated with the consumer audio tools all under this, this new system called Pipewire. And that's so impressive to me that it's like, we're getting everything to be easy to use and low latency. Um, and that's how I feel about the way that the community was able to integrate the changes from that. It's like, we could, people could see the value in it. Um, and and Pressflow doesn't exist anymore, and that's awesome because like it's it was never about having that that project like retain primacy or or some division. It was about like checking off some serious goals and moving past things. And um, uh, so I, I'm I'm proud more of the actual social accomplishment in the community around that than than any of the technical things. Awesome. It's it's so funny that you bring up bakery because. I literally just before we got on this call uh, was meeting with Tim, the CTO of the DA. Uh, we've partnered, Tagwon has partnered with Lullabot to, to take on that SSO project to, to replace Bakery. And we're, we're trying mm -hmm. to find a way to, to help them make that happen because everybody's so crazy busy right now, but, but the community needs it. And we've been really steeped in Bakery for the last <laughs> few weeks. And uh, it's, that's pretty wild. Um, so, you, you clearly have, you know, so many uh, amazing stories. Um, you know, do you, I, I want to hear, like, is there a, a crazy Drupal story, like, a, um, you know, like a really fun memory? Like, you know, you've been through so much in the Drupal community, like, regale me with, like, one of your favorite Drupal episodes. <laughs> crazy Drupal story. Oh, gosh. Um... God, it's it's interesting today to me now because I feel like the professionalism the commu professionalism of the community has changed so much since the early days that the way that things were done in the common case on projects twelve plus years ago would be like like if that happened today it would be like let me tell you this crazy story that you wouldn't believe because <laughs> like the there were so many launches um, back in the day where it would be like, I would literally be signed on to the database server, watching the queries to make sure that things didn't fall over. And, and I would be ready if things started to fall over to basically patch the code base to basically be like, we need, folks, we need to turn off this feature. Like it's not gonna stay up if we keep this feature on. <laughs> the, uh, um, it, was, it was very war room. Um, so many, so many of the launches that I did back back in the day. Um, I mean, I remember flying out to like New York to be in like a boardroom that we would book overnight to do a launch of some of these sites. Um, 
the amount of confidence we have today in launching these things is so much greater than it ever was. Uh, and, and that's a testament to the maturity of Drupal as a project, but it, I, I think it's even more a testament to the maturity of, of, of uh, organizations and professionals in our space. That it's not good enough to just have people develop things, click through it, have it look good, and then launch a, a top 100 site anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, like we didn't even have staging environments for a lot of this stuff. I mean, our, our the this, the way things worked around version control uh, with things like Subversion didn't really support branching at least efficiently, like uh, merging merging branches and, and Subversion is just a nightmare. Um, so, like we would have these projects where it would just be um, our tools would determine how we worked. Um, like I was on some projects where it had been six months since the last deployment of things that were on trunk on, on subversion, uh, where um, we just like, we'd have to call a day and be like, okay, we're gonna, things look okay. We're gonna push out six months of changes now. Um, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of Pantheon's founding and the tools that we have were, are, are built around the idea of, I never wanted to do that again, but the, uh, or, or I, I want to build tools so that people in our industry never have to do that again. Um, but the, uh, it's hard to pick out a crazy story because they were all crazy stories. Like, they were all um, they were all boiler room launches. They were all like, we're gonna stay up all night and try and try and get this out. Um, I um, I I wish I had like a single one to call out. Um, I mean, there, there definitely have been some interesting parties. <laughs> uh, there have been a lot of great parties, <laughs> and that's definitely one of the highlights of of being part of the community. I, I mean, I remember the first after party in LA um, where um, it was in such a sketchy part of town that there were some people who showed up for the party with the invite and didn't really believe it, it had, was happening there. And they didn't believe it was actually that address. And to this day, there's sort of a mystique around it where there are some people who are not really sure whether that actually ever happened. And so, because <laughs> they got the invite and they tried to go and they couldn't find it and they didn't believe it actually was occurring there or in that form. And from what I remember of that event, there are a lot of people who went and don't remember what happened. <laughs> uh, that was a that was a lot of fun. Um, I don't know, man, what, what you said gives me like goosebumps because I remember when we launched examiner.com, which you know it was it built a lot of Drupal seven. It was the first top one hundred Drupal website. I remember you know we set up a boiler room and you know everybody was around this huge conference room table and we went live and nothing happened. It, it, like we're like, shit! Did this like like is this live? Like what, you know, what, nothing went wrong. Like <laughs> uh, like everybody was just in like complete disbelief that it was you know a, a completely seamless launch. And you know it was one of the first times uh, that I had been part of <laughs> you know a uh, a completely seamless Drupal launch. And that thankfully is is commonplace now. You know, and, and we have testing harnesses, and you know we've really really matured. Uh, uh, as a community, as a technology, uh, to, to, to make it what it is. Um, we're, oh, dude, there are so many questions I want to ask you. Uh, we're, we're running super short on time. So I, I, I want to wrap up with, with two questions. Um, 
you, I mean, you have worked on so many things with so many amazing people. I am sure it is impossible to, you know, single out a, uh, a single person, uh, but I'm going to ask you anyway, you know, is there a particular person or, or you know, you can say one or two <laughs> uh, that, that, you know, that you think back on that, like was uh, influential who, who, you know, um, you know, uh, catapulted your, you know, career with Drupal or who was there for you uh, in a way that you've been there for, for so many people? Well, um, I mean, it would, I, I feel like, I mean, I already mentioned his name on this call, but I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't mention Ryan. We, I mean, we literally were sharing hotel rooms um, to like save, save a few bucks back in the early days of some of these boiler room things for Drupal. Like I, like I believe we actually shared a room for uh, when um, we were doing that thing at um, One Laptop Per Child. Uh, when we had the boardroom there, which which they gave us in exchange for buying their staff pizza, by the way, for the week. <laughs> um, the, <laughs> I, I knew the people there through Wikimedia because um, um, the, there was a lot of overlap there, but they also ran Drupal and were happy to help us out. Um, I also want to call out some of the really early people at Lullabot um, because, and not just one of the single people, but um, like basically the crew from, from the early days. I remember going to our first, the first DrupalCon I ever went to, which was in Boston, because uh, I, I wasn't able to make it to, uh, to Barcelona the year before, in 2007, I think. Um, and so um, I was in Boston, and the folks at Lullabot were just extremely gracious in terms of um, giving us perspective uh, as an agency entering that space. Even at the time, like I mentioned this idea of even agencies that are competing with each other still have this sense that we're, we're, really, we're really more in the same boat together than we are uh, separately on, on this ocean of, of the, the internet and, and this market. Um, and so they were super supportive of us um, as an agency um, uh, being active in the space. This was in the days when there were only really a handful of agencies. Um, and Lullabot was by far the most prominent, I think, at the time. Um, I remember people on the project basically coming on, like contributing to Drupal, saying like, like my dream is to be a Lullabot. <laughs> like, you know, I, I really want to like be part of that crew. And it was a really esteemed position to be in. And um, I, I continue to enjoy working with them as an agency. It's not been, we still do, like even at Pantheon. Um, uh so it, um, I mean, that, that we're, we're talking about like basically the founders of Lullabot at that point, or at least some of the earliest people working there. Yeah. Uh, Jeff and Matt, the founders yeah. and, mm -hmm. um, Angie Byron was there, mm -hmm. Eaton, you know, Addy, you yep. know, just so many amazing people. And, um, you're, you're, I mean, I experienced the same thing, you know, Matt and Jeff have always been welcoming and open to this day. You know, uh, I spoke to uh, Seth, who's the new CEO uh, a week or two ago, and, you know, we were just openly sharing like what's going on in your agency, you know, what, you know, like what's, you know, are you seeing the same things I'm seeing? You know, they too are a Drupal extended support provider. And we talked about, you know, like what's going on there. Um, it's, you know, we're competitors, you know, they're a top agency with a really great brand. Um, 
but you know, we're friends and we want to help each other be successful. And there's more than enough work out there for everybody. And it's, you know, who we are as a community, you know, um, and, and they, they pioneered it and they are, you know, still pioneers of that today. Um, the, the bots are, are amazing. Um, so last question, um, uh, and I'm, I'm lazy, I'm asking you to do my research here for me. <laughs> um, if you had to pass the torch, uh, who should I interview next? Who had a lot of influence over Drupal? And you can't say Narayan because I've already interviewed him. <laughs> oh, you have, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a feat in itself. <laughs> Uh, um, I think someone who has some of the most interesting stories around Drupal has to be Chucks. Yeah, Caroy. Um, I love it. Uh, it's been way too long since I've talked to him. And he's, uh, he, joined, he rejoined the fold um, a little while back. Uh, I'm not sure where where everything stands at this point in terms of like his interest in in the community, but um, he certainly like um, the community hasn't influenced his life, and he has influenced the community in just ways that are inextricable. And it's yeah. I mean some of these stories are complicated, um, but not a, not every important story in the community is is just like it's just simple. So it's, um, I think it would be really interesting to, to have his stories on the record too. Yeah, uh, I love Chicks. He, he, I worked with him for seven plus years. I don't know. Um, a lot of my success is, is built on working with him and he's you know, someone I'm indebted to and, and just love. Really great guy. Uh, that's a great recommendation. Um, I, and as a little anecdote with Chicks, uh, um, I was, uh, I had casually planned out um, working with him on some uh, performance stuff in Vancouver and um, some wires got crossed in the communication and I, I never really reviewed it to see exactly where the wires got crossed, but I thought I was staying at his place and he didn't realize that. Uh, <laughs> um, and so it was a day or two before and I just like messaged him just to confirm, just by the way, this is what um, I think we have arranged. And he's like, oh, I don't actually have the means of doing that. So I, instead of packing one bag, I packed two. Um, and in my second bag, I took my camping gear to actually stay on his floor. <laughs> and I, I spent a week basically on like um, uh, my like camping mat and sleeping bag and pillow. Uh, and we churned out a bunch of performance improvements to I think Drupal 7 at the time. The lengths that you and, and many others have gone to uh, is is unbelievable, and uh, I will definitely reach out to Charlie. And uh, that's a, that's a really great recommendation, um, David. Uh, again, we're out of time. I, I there were so many questions I wanted to cover. This has been amazing. This has been so much fun uh, to catch up. I, I really thank you for joining us today. I, I know you're crazy busy um, and uh, and unbelievably successful. It's so great to see. Pantheon's, you know, rocket ship success. Um, I want to thank all of our viewers, you know, really appreciate you guys joining us as well. Uh, if you like this talk, please remember to upvote, subscribe, and share it out. You can check out all our interviews in this series at tag1.com slash 20. That's two zero. 
You can also check out our past Tag One team talks and the latest technology topics at tagone.com slash talks. We'd love to hear from you, your feedback on this episode, topic ideas, suggestions. Uh, please write to us at talks at tagone.com. That's tag the number one.com. Thanks again for joining us, David, and for everyone uh, who tuned in. Take care. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, man. Ah, I, I wish I could do more of this. <laughs> <laughs>